You're listening to Remote Possibilities, a podcast on the intersection of technology, society, and education, brought to you by MarketScale. Now here's your host, Kevin Hogan. Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Remote Possibilities, the podcast that explores the promise and the perils of distance learning. I'm your host, Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. With me today is Burj Akian, CEO at Classlink. For more than a decade, Classlink's products and services deliver instructional technology that creates benefits for everyone in the school community. Their web-based and cloud-based solutions enable home and school access to software and files for students and teachers, simplified technology and management for the IT department, and an increased return on technology investments for administrators. Burrs, thanks so much for uh, for coming on today. Sure. It's good to be with you again. Yeah. And at the risk of uh, dating ourselves, uh, we've been talking about the, uh, the issues of web-based and cloud-based solutions uh, for a long time. Uh, Classlink has always been at the forefront of that and was a great supporter of events that I was doing in, in previous lives. I mean, even all the way back to where I think we were uh, kind of comparing each other's uh, iPhones when we first got them. <laughs> I think you're right, actually. Yeah, we were doing the cloud before it was kind of cloudish. That's right. Yeah, it, was, it was clear before the cloud. So if there's any kind of company in the ed tech space that could have been any more prepared, I don't know which one would have been, not that anybody could have been uh, prepared for this sort of situation. How was your spring yeah. <laughs> in, in, in terms of uh, in pivoting to this new world? Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And I have to say when, uh, when March came along and we should have known it happening, right? We should have known in January because it was already affecting other parts of the world in February when it became more and more clear. But as uh, February became March and it was became very, very clear that everyone's uh, world was going to turn upside down. Uh, I think like every other organization out there, not even uh, narrowing it to ed tech, I think like every other organization out there, uh, we're holding our breath a little bit. We didn't know which way this was going to turn. Yes, I think sort of academically, people were telling us, Barge, this is a paradigm where the tools and services that Classlink makes available are going to be essential. That wasn't the initial read. I think when it when it started, I think a lot of people, us included, were holding our breath to see what, what was going to happen in education. I'm glad to say that the schools that we uh, have been working with did a fantastic job, many of them, in p- making that pivot from in-person to online using the tools and resources. They were using it wonderfully before, too, lots and lots of them. Uh, but it's always heartening to see and hear about stories that uh, we were important to them as their worlds were, were flipped. Well, uh, if you can, give us um, give us a story or two. I know there's been a lot of uh, innovations uh, of not only teachers, but even at a district-wide level of people just figuring out new ways to use tools that they've always had, um, just new, not so much of an invention of the technology, but just a new way to use it. Do you have uh, any stories along those lines? Yeah, yeah, sure, I can share. So a couple of, a couple that come to mind, actually. So one is that uh, suddenly schools need to figure out how are they going to get all the students and the teachers uh, to be able to connect from home 
using uh, a, a variety of devices. And if they don't have devices, the schools had to figure that figure that recipe out. So as they were doing that, we got called upon to be an added resource where students, uh, staff members, parents start calling us, hey, we're trying to get connected uh, really for the first time or first time on this device from home. We haven't done it before quite this way. How do we do it? So there was a step up there that I was glad that we were able to help for sure. And I think schools are appreciative of that. So it was one way in which uh, we needed to innovate, sort of just be more available. And that means being available at all crazy hours, day, right. night, weekend. Then another sort of story goes something like this. So now we make resources, we make tools that basically help students and teachers have easy access uh, to their software, single sign-on portal. We get called all the time. I think of it a bit more broadly than that, but I know it's easy to kind of just check the box and say, okay, class link is a single sign-on portal. So that's fine. I'm not insulted. So uh, that's what we make available. And we have lots of uh, good resources. Uh, reports, usage reports that help leadership better understand who's using what, uh, how much time is being spent in different resources. And the administration for a long time, been count, they've been counting on those usage reports that we make available. Well, now you have a situation where the teachers are hungry for information like that, right? Because in the past, you didn't really need to tell the teacher. Uh, the teacher was in the room. They kind of right. had a good sense of what students were doing, what they're not, what they're not doing, but now they're not in the room, and so you have teachers that now need the benefits that administrators of our platform have had. So of course, uh, we want to meet that that new need. Uh, we want to do it a sort of express train, right? So yeah. we jump at the opportunity to, and we designed a whole series of new functionalities that help teachers now become more aware of which students are engaged, how much they're engaged, what tools and resources they're using, how much they're using those tools and resources. And we all did, and we did that, I don't know, within two weeks, I think we were able to create these whole new functional areas of the product to empower teachers uh, during a time that they needed to, you know, flip their role from being someone who already knew what was going on to now being, you know, on the outside wanting to know what's going on on those on those school resources. Right. And, and all like while going remote yourself, I assume. Oh yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so they're sitting there trying to, are, 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 of course, for those, for those learning settings where it was uh sync, right. So they're, they're, they're joining live meetings, teams, zoom, uh, Google, whatever platform they're using those, I guess you can say that the teachers have a handle like they would have if the students were in the classroom. But how do you do uh, things like attendance and uh, measuring engagement right. if you don't have that? Right. Suddenly, we're providing a really helpful tool to help answer that, that question. Now, you mentioned a little earlier with the IT support uh, of answering the call uh, of parents. Is that a new dynamic? I, you know, pre-pandemic, yeah. was that an important conversation that the, the parents knew who ClassLink was? Yeah, good question. It was always there. You know, they find our phone number and they say, oh, I'm trying to do this and it's not working. And we're always, uh, we always tell our clients, look, if they find us, we're definitely going to take their call and, and help them because we want to help them. A lot of us are parents. So we know what that condition is, right? You're, right. You're sitting home trying to figure something out for your, for your own child and you want to get an answer from someone. So we're glad to help in that, but it's not written anywhere that that's part of the service. It's sort of just one of these 
extras that we do because we understand <laughs> we understand parenting not easy. So any right. help you can give, then that's that took a whole new a whole new importance in uh, March, April, May. Parents are, are struggling to, as we all have seen and read about, uh, parents are now becoming adjunct instructors. Yeah. Right? They're, they're being paraprofessionals trying to help their kids through uh, deal with, you know, learning new content, getting work done, remaining engaged. So, yeah, they, they needed support. Now, it, it, every day it seems um, districts are, are, are making announcements of, whether or not they're going to be fully open or fully closed, or there seems to be any number of different varieties of what blended learning is going to mean in the, in the fall. And in a lot of ways, I mean, this is an exciting time because in the past, these are all been kind of theoretical conversations. We're just going to kind of watch the application happen in real time. Do you, do you see amongst your customers a, a certain trend to uh, a certain variety of blended learning, or do you also see it as kind of across the board? Yeah, so I would say the picture of what we see happening for this fall is a constantly evolving one, and that's not remarkable. We all see that. I think if you were to say uh, two months ago, I would have been uh, much more confident that schools would return to a paradigm that would more closely resemble a, a bit more regular in-person experience, largely because I think the country needs that stability. They need the services that schools provide. And so we, we if you asked me a couple of months ago, I would have said, yeah. And, and by the way, at the time, we managed to control the spread of COVID and it was contained in certain parts of the country not really uh, existing in a major way in other parts of the country. And where it was, the counts were going down in anyway, moving in favorable direction. Right. And we just sort of plotted that out and said, if we can just get to near zero uh, by July, then America could do what other countries have done, and that is control the spread and the uh, death counts, basically and return back to uh, uh, something that was resembling a bit more normal of a in-school experience. Yeah. And other countries have done that. Fast forward, and that's not how it played out here. The trending that was going down where we were hoping by early July, you know, a week or two ago, that we would be in the uh, single digits, uh, low double, very low double digit counts uh, in terms of uh, daily death counts and the uh, control of the spread. That's obviously not what has happened. Right. And so now if you ask me, I think it'd be very, very difficult for very large parts of the country to return back to even a hybrid model at this point. I think the trajectory that you start, that you're hearing about large districts uh, choosing to open in remote only mode is going to have to be the case in lots of places because we still don't have it under control. In fact, we can make a good case that disease spread is not in control in lots and lots of places. So I can't imagine how schools will go to any kind of hybrid mode. So which means they're going to go online. And if they go online, they're going to have to figure out um, things maybe they didn't necessarily figure out in the spring. And I'm speaking more generally. Yeah. I'm glad to say a lot of our clients, they did okay, but a lot of school systems struggled 
meaning they got to figure out attendance policies. They have to figure out engagement, expectations. Assessment was punted for a lot of school institutions. They're going to have to figure that riddle out now. And so I think there's going to be probably even more innovation in remote learning this fall than there was in the spring. The spring was sort of a precursor uh, for a dress rehearsal for what's going to happen this fall, I think, in terms of the learning and innovation that's going to happen in the process of delivering remote learning. Yeah, many, many of the folks in, in districts I've spoken with consider their a spring a success if they were able to remain in contact with all of their students and just provide a sense of security and safety, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I think before all of this experience that happened, I think most people would have said, what do you what do you think is sort of the highest priority of a schooling environment? And if you didn't prompt them, I think invariably you'd start to think in terms of sort of the academic value that schools provide. Now, fast, you know, where we are now, there's absolutely the priority is the schools first need to be safe. Second, they need to provide social emotional support. And third is the academics. Yeah. That that sequence wasn't quite that order, I think, for a lot of educate a lot of people in education. Now you might just say, well, educators always knew that priority, but I don't think it was uh, universally uh, understood. And I think where we are now is that it is more universally understood. You first have to figure out how to keep the students safe and staff for sure as well. Then you got to figure out how am I going to help them develop socially, emotionally, because that's a very expensive problem to fix later on in life. And then thirdly, let's make sure that we uh, impart a lot of wisdom. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about any adjustments that you may have had to make to your your product or services beyond just you mentioned the customer IT support. If I recall, I mean, just having covered uh, the the schools that have been using your stuff, I mean, it always has been a certain amount of blended, but not a purely remote option, or was there? Yeah, true. Uh, I think we have had before this a small number of sort of all virtual environments and when I say all well, virtual I mean sort of virtual school setting that's using our product so they they did exist before this uh, you can make the case <laughs> a big part of our customer base is now all virtual yeah right so yeah we, we do have experience in that paradigm I think the solution that we make available basically helping people have easier access to their resources is a universal need almost regardless of where you sit when you learn. I think if you're in the classroom, you need easy access to resources because there's a lot of them. Right. And if you're at home learning, you need easy access to your resources because there's a lot of them. And regardless of whether you're in the classroom or not in the classroom, if you're wasting time trying to find and access resources, that's a precious commodity. That time is, is is forever lost. So I don't really sort of think of ClassLink as this system or tool that's more appropriate for one place or another. I think if you're a human and you're needing to accomplish something in an online uh, environment, and that, that need involves accessing a variety of different websites, all of which have their own security protocols, meaning you got to put in a username, password, and log in, and so forth, you're going to need something like what we make available. 
Right. And I hope that, you know, we do a, a great job of making something like that available for the industry because we're specialists at doing it for this industry, for this market vertical of education, of course. Now, another topic that uh, I know we've discussed over the years uh, and has always been an issue is the idea of uh, professional development and uh, teacher resistance to the use of, of new technologies uh, with the, uh, you know, that's the way we always did it, the thwatties, yeah. right? And uh, we've gone <laughs> well, from... That's a, that's a losing side of the battle these days, I guess, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm really against technology in the classroom. Well, you're not in the classroom now. You're at home. Right. <laughs> <Log> in. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's really become the greatest uh, beta test in, in the history of the in the history of education. Any d- different dynamics that you you got back from your from your districts? I mean, I guess nobody could complain about it anymore, or did people just kind of drop off? Uh, yeah, I think there was the. Well, I can share the stories that I heard uh, were usually pretty positive. There was a general softening of any anyone who was sort of uh, universally against it. Although I think, look, you're in the business for sure, in the media business. You've seen and read those articles that sort of lambasted, took pot shots, I think, at, at schools that were figuring it out. Yeah. I thought that was unfortunate and unnecessary. I think schools, like any other institution, need time to figure out new paradigms. And this one was, as we all say, you know, the was thrust on them overnight. And lots of them did pretty well. Uh, some of them did outstanding, and some of them didn't. Yeah. And I thought it was cheap shots, frankly, that... People were calling out school districts for having tried uh, and it not working the first go, right? Basically, right. Uh, but in terms of the the PD function, sort of general attitudes, I would say what I found was more of sort of the the emotion uh, kicked in. So it wasn't sort of a, a a professional disagreement about the role of technologies. I think that was nicely put to bed uh, because this was really the only way in which. Well, short of sort of handouts, which we heard about that yeah. happening for sure. And I understand there's, there's households that need internet access, need the device and internet, of course. And so you got to make do in those settings. But by and large, you know, tech really helped continue education. Without tech, I don't know what would have happened. We would have just shut everything down. There would have been no learning at all, no engagement, no, right. no participation. Right. So I think there was a general agreement on that, that sort of academic matter that I don't know that I expected was sort of the emotional toll that comes from passionate, dedicated educators and passionate families, households saying, this is just too hard. We didn't anticipate it being so hard. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I do. Uh, I'm sort of lucky in some ways. I, I'm working from home like so many others are right now. And my kids are older. Right. So I can go in a room and I can have quiet, non-disturbed time to to be efficient with my time. But if, if, I was, if this was years ago and our kids were really young and both my wife and I would both work, I don't know how that would have played out. I think it would have been a hot mess like it probably was in so many other households, yeah. which creates anxiety, creates tension, uh, emotions get get to play there. So I think that was a factor that – and I think that sort of had an outsized – effect on the conversation of efficacy of remote learning for a lot of school districts. I was unfortunate, but that's sort of the human reality of this. And I think you just got to give people some slack and say, right. I understand. Right. It's not easy. 
Right. You were unaccustomed to having your kids in your house right. all day long right. while you were trying to get work done. Right. We appreciate that. That's, you know, you might now have a newfound appreciation for teachers. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we get it. And so uh, working through that, I think, was uh, something that the whole of the industry needed to uh, be aware of. And, and there's a chance that it might happen again, actually. But hopefully, like I said, the dress rehearsal that we had in the spring might better prepare a lot of us. And I think there's there's a energy and an excitement that comes with back to school, right? I yeah. always thought, how awesome would it be? It's not, I know, but how awesome would it be if back to school season in the US, what if it were to be aligned with the springtime? Hmm. Because I think sort of the spring is nature's time to bloom and it's just such a trend, such a major transition in nature when uh, winter becomes spring. I think it's that seismic back to school. There's just so much energy and excitement and passion across everyone involved. Uh, You know, the the school institution, the household, it's just a time for renewal. It's a time for, it's it's like an element of new year resolutions kind of thing. It's just such an exciting, exciting time. And so you're going to have that, that sort of bottled up potential is going to come into contact with a new attitude, um, remote learning. I think it'll be, I think we're going to find again, school's, just uh, wowing the world and how they succeed with a remote learning paradigm. I think it's going to happen again. There's going to be lots and lots of great success stories. And I think, again, it's going to be schools that are going to continue on, you know, round two of figuring it out. And I think we just got to give them room and give them space to explore and learn because that's, after all, isn't that what education is at its heart? It's trying and failing and trying again. Yeah, continue, continuous learning. Uh, and I think we're all in that same boat right now. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Best case scenario, vaccine appears like in a science fiction movie and Dustin Dustin Hoffman comes running in saying, I've got the solution and we're all at CVS and we all have uh, the vaccine and we can go back to normal. Do you see education going back to normal or are these new standards that are being created as we go going to set a kind of a new new level? Two things, actually. One – uh, you just put in my mind a, a scenario that I did not yet envision, and that is what happens when these vaccines are made available. Can you imagine the lines at the CVS or <laughs> anywhere? Oh, my gosh. If we thought we had big lines for testing, can you right. imagine for vaccination? Amazing. Yeah, that, that'll be something I'm going to think a little bit more about, what those lines would be like. And number two, the going to normal. I get uh, – this is sort of like a, a bearjism. I get a, a personal hang-up about – the particular sort of word to like back to normal. I just feel like I don't want to use those words. I know it's like you want to emotionally you want to, but I just don't want to use those words because I think there's sort of so many worlds filled with all these like trite little expressions. I think that's, that's sort of one of them. Yeah. So if you're asking me, what do you think is going to happen? Is it going to be like it was? And I'm going to say, I think, yes, there will be lots that will be very much like it was. Students will go back into classrooms and be in great learning environments with great teachers, with powerful resources in, uh, in ways that build relationships amongst their peers and relationships with adults. And that will, that has always been a very successful model for education. And it will again be the uh, tried and true model because you just can't beat the possibilities of taking a a student who's ready to learn and putting them in a setting where they're surrounded by other people who are ready to learn, 
led by a person who's ready to instruct. That's just the most potent mode of instruction. And you, you just, uh, I think we'll be struggling for many, many, many eons to figure out a recipe to up that one. So yeah. yes, we will get back to that. That said, I think we have now created an allowance, a tolerance, uh, a capacity of an organization, school systems to say, we don't need to ever fully shut this down like we have in the past for bad weather or other kind of situations that have closed schools. We don't have to. We can just flip the switch like we did back in 2020 and flip to a virtual day. Right. So I think that is that is a paradigm that was already happening. This is not sort of Nostradamus predictions, right? This stuff yeah. is happening. Yeah. So I think that's an absolute card that's going to be played in the future. And I think for the dozens, probably nothing more than that, a couple of dozen school systems that we're doing it nationally, I think you're going to have thousands that are going to be able to play that card now because of some barriers that were conquered as part of the response to the pandemic. So I think that's going to be a very, and I think there's going to be another factor, which I don't know how this is going to play out exactly, but if I'm a household that doesn't want to send my kid in for whatever reason I have, I, he's not feeling, she's not feeling well. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd be better off at home today for reasons that I don't have to explain to anybody. I think schools are going to have to accommodate that learner who's going to participate remotely from home. And that's going to be, I think that'll be a game changer. I think the idea of not losing a snow day anymore is moderately game changing because it means we can have a really we can have high confidence on our schedule. It's going to end on such and such date and in May or in June, we don't have makeup days. But I think the idea that coming to school has some optionality, is that a word? Yeah, there's some flexibility there. Yeah. I think that's game changing. And I think we're, I think that'll be one of the other outcomes. I think there'll be much, many, but I think that'll be another outcome. And I think it quite possibly might be a more important one than not having to make up, uh, you know, snow days. Well, Burge, I always like to end these conversations with the with the glass half full. Uh, right. <laughs> so you, you just did it right there. Did I, mean, it? Did I, did think, it? Right. I think so. I think I'm feeling a little bit better. I mean, the, these remote possibilities really are nothing more than a, a bit of therapy for me <laughs> 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 to get it together. Yeah, I would say find a friend and figure stuff out. It's a, That's it's a it. Way but to do yeah, it. The, the more the more I talk to people, the more I, I, I see that. Uh, Great ideas are, are coming out of this, and then uh, you know we're moving forward. So thank you so much for your time and your insights. I think the audience uh, really appreciate it, and I, as I know I do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Be well, Kevin. Thank nice you. To you and your family. Bye thank bye. you. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Remote Possibilities. This is Kevin Hogan, and I hope you click in for another episode of Remote Possibilities soon. Thank you. <laughs>